Hello, and welcome to Joy Christian Community Church. Each week we strive to bring you Bible-based, Christ-centered teaching so that you will grow alive, deep, and bold in the love and knowledge of Jesus. And now here's Pastor Clayton with this week's message. Advent and Christmas are a time of singing. We sing a lot of songs during that time because they not only stir our soul, they lift us up and we see and grow closer to the glory of God. Now in the Gospel of Luke, there are five songs that are sung. The first is Elizabeth, Mary, then there is Zechariah, the angels sing a song, and then Simeon. Five songs in two chapters in the Gospel of Luke. uh, So far, we've only done one song. I want to end this series, end Christmas, end the year with a beautiful song, and it is Simeon's song. Simeon's song is one that has endured throughout the ages. It has been sung in the church since the fourth century. It is a canticle. A canticle is either a hymn or a chant that is based directly on Scripture or paraphrased by Scripture. Simeon's song is called Nunc Dimittis, which is Latin for Lord, or now you dismiss. That's what it means in Latin. Now you dismiss, and it is taken from Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Because there are themes of peace and rest within the canticle, within the scripture, it's often sung during vespers or evening service. But I thought it would be wonderful to close off our year with Simeon's song. So just a little bit of context. So uh, for if you're not familiar with the story, so Jesus has been born on the eighth day. He is circumcised and given the name Jesus. Then after 40 days of purification for Mary, they go to the temple for, to, to uh, dedicate him according to Ludovic, Leviticus chapter 12. So Mary and Joseph were to offer a sacrifice and all of this was done. His uh, circumcision, the naming of him, going to the temple, all that was done so he would fulfill the law. Remember, Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. He fulfilled all of that completely. And so this was done as part of who he is fulfilling the law. Okay, that's the context. So they go to the temple and they meet Simeon. We're going to start Simeon's song with an overture. And it is Simeon, a man of faith. From our scripture reading, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We don't know much about Simeon. This is the only place in scripture where he, is, where he appears. His name is rather common, but this is the only place where we see this particular Simeon. And it's implied that he's old. We don't know his age, but it's implied that he was old. But there are a couple of things that we do know about Simeon that are well worth knowing. The first is he was righteous and devout. By righteous, I mean he was a God-fearing man. He loved the Lord, and he was careful about his uh, his religious observances. 
He wasn't part of the Pharisees, Sadducees, the ruling class, anything of that. He was simply a man who loved the Lord. And this man, Simeon, who loved the Lord, was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, there's a couple things in here. This word waiting, it's not a passive sense. It's not like he just went to the temple to kind of hang out. He was actively waiting. He was expecting the Lord. This is the type of waiting that he was doing. And it was for the consolation of Israel. So what is it to be consoled? Consoled is when you have been afflicted with something whether that is physical or spiritual or mental or emotional, you are afflicted, you are consoled by another. So when we talk about waiting for the consolation of Israel, you have to realize that in that day, the religious landscape of the day was very, very low. I mean, kind of, kind of like today, in, in many respects, it was very low. There was a lot of apostasy, Faith was at a low tide. Israel was ruled by a ruling class, the legalistic Pharisees on one side, the worldly Sadducees on another side. There were evil, ruthless rulers like Herod who were ruling. And no prophet, remember, had spoken for 400 years. So even in the spiritual drought, there was Simeon, a man of faith, a man who is waiting patiently for the consolation consolation of Israel. He was waiting because he had put his faith in the word of God. He He relied on God's promise for his comfort. See, a lot of people nowadays, we don't rely on God's word necessarily for comfort. We look for comfort in other places, but he was looking and waiting on God's word. The words of the uh, prophet Isaiah come to mind. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Comfort, comfort. This is what Simeon was holding on to. And because he was in the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit said that he would not die until he'd seen the Lord's Christ. He also had that expectation, the comfort and the patient endurance to move forward. Now, the Lord's Christ, do you remember what Christ means? It means anointed. In Hebrew, it is Messiah. So he was waiting for the Messiah the Lord's Christ to come. And he said, and the Holy Spirit said, you aren't going to die until you see the Messiah. What a promise, right? Could could you imagine, let's say Simeon's at home. He's like doing some chores around the house. He's climbing the ladder. Simeon's wife says, get down from there. You're going to break your neck. And he says, no, 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 not till I see Messiah. (laughs) You know, He's got that in him, and he knows. But he didn't know this because of his own intellect. He knew this because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Look, in this overture, we can learn a lot from Simeon. Did I say Simon? I might, okay, good. If I do, just listen and hear Simeon. 
You know, it's one of those things. So I like how one pastor stated it. He said he personified the true, believing, saved remnant of Israel who believed in God for their salvation and trusted in salvation by grace through faith and not their works. This was a man of faith. And so this man of faith, he was patient. He was patient and had patient endurance. He had patient righteousness. He had patient devotion. See, as we close off this year, right? And think about this next coming year. What would it be like for you to be like Simeon here and have that patient endurance and patient righteousness and patient devotion unto the Lord? Simeon, what a wonderful man. So he's there at the temple. And as it was his custom, he was just outside the temple. He wasn't inside the temple. Remember, he wasn't a Pharisee. He wasn't a priest. He was just there. And this is what scripture says. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought him up, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. So it's easy to picture this as some, you know, Mary and Joseph and Jesus, and they've got halos on. And and of course, you could recognize them very easily, right? Because there's this holy family coming. No, no, that's not the picture at all. Here were two poor peasant people. When it says they bought doves, it, it means they basically had nothing to their name. They had maybe two cents to their name. And they're probably dressed in clothes that aren't uh, necessarily wonderfully clean or anything like that. And the baby Jesus didn't have on this beautiful gown that we do or anything. He was maybe just still wrapped up in his swaddling cloths as part of how he was dressed. It's a very plain sight. It's nothing spectacular. But Simeon, in the power of the Holy Spirit, recognized who was coming before them. And so he took him up and he sings his song. Here's the song. Lord, you are now, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. That's the song he sings. The song has three verses. The first one is freedom and peace. It says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. It begins with a declaration of independence. We know the declaration of independence, right? We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those words we hold pretty sacred here in America, don't we? But I have to tell you, as wonderful as those words are, they are for mortal men living here on an earthly existence. But Simeon's song isn't about an earthly existence at all. It is about a heavenly song with eternal endurance, with eternal significance. He says, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. I like how a man 
named Lenski. He's a really respected commentator and translator of the Bible. He translated it this way. He said, now you are releasing your slave, Supreme Master, according to your utterance in peace. It's a little bit different way of listening and understanding Simeon's song here. So it starts off with this. It starts off with now. Now. It's that exact moment. Now I see, now I know, it is a defining moment in Simeon's life. Everything he's been waiting for. Remember, he's lived this long life. Everything he's been waiting for, he goes, now. Now is that moment. See, if you talk to a prisoner of war when they were released, or somebody who's come out of jail that first day of freedom, they know what that day is. They know the significance of now, of that day. And so here he is, this child who comes in. He says, now, can you imagine waiting your whole life? And now the Messiah comes. Remember John the Baptist in the womb when when Jesus was there in the womb in Mary? He jumped for joy. This is Simeon's declaration. And he breaks out in this song. And he says this. He says, now you are releasing your slave. Another way to say it is you're releasing your bondservant. So in Roman times, a bondservant could be a slave that who is someone who voluntarily served another, kind of like indentured servant. But most often than not, it referred to somebody who was a slave who had no rights whatsoever. And so they were totally ruled. And so he says, now you are releasing your slave. What is a slave in biblical terms that we know? It is someone who is in bondage to sin. Someone who has been shackled by sin. Simeon, the nation of Israel, remember the religious landscape, everything, they have been shackled in sin and now there's a release. See, you know this one. During Advent, we sing this beautiful song. It's a haunting song. And the words kind of just flow on by, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. This is Simeon's song. And do you remember what's the refrain? Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Now in that song, the rejoicing's not a yippy-skippy sort of rejoicing, is it? It's this deep sense, this well of joy that comes in. This is what Simeon is singing about. There's that joy of release. Advent's over. Christmas is here, the waiting in bondage, and now God has come. Now you are releasing your slave. And then he says something, this supreme master. In our translation, by the way, in the ESV, it says Lord. But a better translation actually is master or supreme master. In the original language, it's despotus, 
I believe I'm pronouncing that right, but in English, we use, that's where we get the word despot. Despot in English language isn't really a nice word to use because it really talks about a ruler who is ruthless or brutal, but that's not what Simeon is singing about. Simeon is singing about God who has absolute authority over his servant. And so he's addressing God as the supreme sovereign God, the one to whom he has pledged his full life, his full allegiance. Therefore, letting your servant depart is about the sovereign God, the sovereign God who said, let there be light, and there was light, who by the very power of his word created everything, and who has told Simeon this, the one you hold here is the Messiah, the anointed one. This is the present that Simeon has. You see, it's really hard to understand the joy that Simeon has here for most of us. Because have any of you been in prison or a prisoner of war or realized, and this is the more important part, how deep in bondage to sin you are? See, it's the people in the Bible who were in sin and really knew it, when they saw Christ, they fell on their knees. Right? They fell on their knees knowing who he is, and they were released and free. Simeon is singing about that type. See, maybe this, maybe this year, maybe today, it's a time to reflect on how in bondage we have been before Christ and how free we are in Christ. See, does your heart cry out with that freedom? This is what Paul wrote in Galatians. And because you were sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So Paul is saying the hearts cry out, Abba, Father. This is not just like, Abba, Father, you know, as in a, and as a silent little prayer, we say, this is a heart that is bursting. And then he says, Sue, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. In Christ Jesus, we are made sons, daughters of God. We are adopted in the family. And the father says, welcome home. Would you not cry out, Abba, Father? So, and because of all this, there is a peace. Now you are releasing your slave, Supreme Master, according to your utterance, in peace. You've heard that phrase, now I can die in peace, right? Like, as parents, we know that one. Your child actually cleans the room without you telling them, oh, now I can die in peace. But we use that as a phrase, don't we? It's just this thing that we say. It's not that we expect to die right then and there. It just means that everything is full and complete. And what Simeon is saying, he says that it is full and complete. Who did he hold in his arms? The Messiah, the Christ. And from Isaiah, do you remember what it says? It says, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, and what's the last one? Prince of Peace. To hold the child, the Messiah in your arms, and He is the Prince of Peace. Do you understand why this is a canticle too in the church? The Prince of Peace. So his first verse is all, and I love the first verse, it's all about freedom and peace. The second verse is about salvation. It says, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Again, this reminds me of the song, we mentioned it during Christ the King Sunday back in November. My eyes have seen what? The coming of the glory of the Lord, the battle hymn of the Republic. My eyes have seen So he has seen the glory of the Lord coming to fruition. The promise, and it says prepared in the presence of all peoples. What Simeon is singing about is that it has been prepared from the very beginning. Jesus didn't just pop up out of nowhere. It has been prepared from the very beginning, from Genesis all the way through. You see, Christ is found throughout the scripture, throughout the Bible. In Genesis, he is the promised seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is the high priest. In Numbers, he is the star to rise out of Jacob. In Joshua, he is the captain of the lords of hosts. In Judges, he is the covenant angel named Wonderful. In Ruth, he is the kingsman redeemer. In Samuel, he is the root and offspring of David. In Isaiah, he is Jacob's branch. In Jeremiah, he is our righteousness. I could go on and on and on and on, but Christ Jesus is found throughout all scripture, so it was prepared all the way through so everybody could know. You see, as I said in the Christmas Eve message, Jesus isn't just bringing the good news. He is the good news. He didn't just bring a plan of salvation. He is the plan of salvation all along, and it is unfolded in plain view. It wasn't done in secret. It wasn't done out of sight. It was done for all peoples, and it's peoples plural, which means the Jews and the Gentiles. This was the plan that was unfolded throughout all time. This is what Simeon saw. So it's freedom and peace, salvation, and then light and glory. Verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. So during Advent, we light candles, right? And we light them and we had all these candles lit up because who is Christ? He is the light of the world, right? In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says, The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. In Isaiah 42, I will give you a covenant for the people. So a covenant is what? A promise, right? I will give you a promise for the people, a light for the nations. Now, unfortunately, in our culture today, we joke around and we say, I've seen the light, right? And it's almost mocking nowadays, isn't it? 
It's almost mocking. I've seen the light. But when people really see the light, it's just not this intellectual thing, but it's to their very hearts because they have gone from death to life. That's the light we're talking about. To see the true light means that from the darkness of death to the light of light, to live in darkness is to die. To live in darkness is to die, but to live in his light is life. This is why Jesus said, I have come into the world as light. Isn't that interesting? I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And then John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this light, and that's why we light the Christ candle for Christmas, this light is for all. It's not just for us, and it's not just for us to keep, by the way. It's for the whole world, the Gentiles. It means the Muslims. It means the Jews. It means the Mormons. It means the Jehovah Witnesses. It means the New Agers. It means the ones who uh, pray and worship around rocks and crystals. We went to Sedona recently. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. But it's the light of Christ for everyone, right? For everyone, that's what it means for the Gentiles. It means for the whole world. Isaiah chapter 60 says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen by you. And nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Arise, shine. The glory of the Lord has risen. This is what Simeon is singing about here. So what about you? These are words, right? His song, freedom, peace, salvation, light, and glory. My question for you this morning is, are these just words? Are these just nice words that we hear? Or is there depth to the words? If these are just nice words and there's no depth to them, I encourage you to take time, go through the gospel. Who is that Christ? Who is that Messiah? Is he truly the Prince of Peace? Is he the light of the world? Is he the light of the world for you? Ponder them, search them. Close out this year as Simeon would. Lift your heart in song to the freedom and peace that Christ has given you, to the salvation, to his light and glory. This is the way to end the year and you begin a brand new one. Amen. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. If you have any questions or you would like to grow deeper in your faith, please visit our website at joyccc.com. Again, that's joy ccc.com. God's peace and joy in Christ Jesus be with you.